Welcome to episode 26 of Courtside Indiana Podcast. As always, I'm Jim Reamer and joined this week, as always, uh, mostly except for last week, uh, which was my fault again, uh, Zach, Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week? Uh, good. Another week back at school, full weekend, still all virtual, moving forward. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and again, I want to apologize to you directly. I apologized twice on the pod last week on really – watching last week's recording so i ended up re-recording on monday so hate hated wasting your time on that but uh but back in the saddle here we roll um as usual we're going to have our updates um scholarship wise and then we're going to move into talk a little bit about javon small transferring out of indiana for his senior year of high school and then we're going to get into the class of 2022 uh, uh shooting guards and I think uh, we're going to probably do a, pos- a position a week, uh, which will get us kind of nicely into what looks like the start of high school basketball season. Uh, you know, high school football started this past week. Um, not everything went as planned, but I think most of it did. Um, there were certainly some cancellations, and the teams, but the teams that didn't cancel of like of the game of the pairing. We're able to find other opponents. So like Carmel Plainfield, for example, Plainfield's game was canceled. Carmel's out-of-state game with Trinity was canceled, so they ended up playing each other. And there was a lot of that going around, a lot of mix and matching of schedules. And and I think athletics directors and um, the ITSA are both doing a good job of allowing or of having schools be flexible with their with their contracts and their scheduling and and – and uh, the, where I was going with this was that I've heard nothing to suggest that high school basketball won't start on time, at least pl- from a planning perspective. But what I have noticed is while the NCAA has not said anything about college basketball or winter sports yet, or you know, a lot of these conferences and schools, a lot of the conference uh, officiating associations or however they handle that, um, their meetings – or have not been scheduled yet and they're waiting to get a little closer and they're very much prepared uh, to start at a delayed time, you know, specifically after Thanksgiving break when most students are gone. Um, I think most colleges are letting, letting everybody go home right at the Thanksgiving break. Is that right? We've seen a lot of that, correct? That's what I've heard a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame's on that. Yep. Yeah. Notre Dame's kind of a mess right now, but. Um, but you know, we're all, everybody's at that level is handling things as it comes, but, but so I, I thought it was, it was interesting that conference officials, the, the crews, the people that make those decisions as to who works those games, they're planning their meetings. Uh, they're planning on those being a little later in the calendar. Uh, cause usually they last, they start in October and right when they're done is when scrimmages start. And right now they're looking at probably early November at, at the earliest to have their officials meeting. So uh, not really want to get into how that information is coming about, but um, it seems to be an indication of what uh, conferences are going to be doing with basketball. And I don't know, high school, college basketball used to not start until the week before Thanksgiving anyway. So I'm not sure we're missing a ton there. Um, 
outside of a couple of events, those early season games aren't, aren't that great anyway. So, um, but hopefully, hopefully uh, high school football goes well and we're, we move into winter smoothly. So, or at least as smoothly as possible. So, uh, Zach, let's get us up to date on offers and, and we did not have any commitments this week. So let's, let's get us up to date on the offers. All right. Uh, Camden Brown, a uh, guy from university down by you, got a couple offers, one Midway and one DePaul. Uh, Lane Lauterbaugh from Greensburg, uh, let's see, South Decatur High School, got an IUSB offer. Uh, Keon Thompson, Merrillville, Northern Illinois offer. Uh, Leland Walker got a couple offers this week, Ohio and uh, VCU. And then the big offer this week, uh, CJ Gunn from I, the IU offer. Right. We're going to save the gun talk to when we get to the uh, position breakdown. Um, Brown is a, is a going back to the, the uh, your list there, Camden Brown is a, a, originally a Zionsville product. Um, now goes to university. 6'6", pretty versatile for them. Um, and, you know, he's he had a really good year last year and, and looking forward to his senior year. And, and you know, of course, university is has been kind of right on the cusp of being really good. And so this, they, they kind of feel like every year is going to be their breakthrough year. And then it seems like somebody else in there at the, at the one, a level um, ends up coming through with, with some new kids um, while uh, university just kind of takes, takes a lot of kids that it's not that they don't prioritize basketball, but they have other priorities to go along with it. So they, they work their butt off when they're in season um, but they have other they have other interests, and that seems to be the mo at university. But they also have they usually have about four or five guys that are, are really pretty good. And um, Brandon Lafferman's done a really good job with that program. And have have you seen Louderball play yet? No, I have not. No, you know it's it's tough. The team he's on in the summer, and and this happens. This is not an indictment of him by any stretch, or even indictment of the team. It's they've got a lot of talent. Um, the AAU team he plays with out of Grand Park, he sometimes he gets kind of lost in the equation, and especially in the half court. But uh, he looks—he's looked pretty decent in transition. But I've wondered—we've got him sort of tabbed as as more of a small forward. I wonder if he's a little bit better as sort of a stretch four, a perimeter—you know—a perimeter power forward, especially defensively. But um, those are just the, the thoughts I've had on the but the. Th- two and a half games that I've seen him play this, this winter or this summer, excuse me. So, and we're still on the, I'm still on the bandwagon. This Leela Walker needs to have some high majors. Um, he needs to get some more interest there. Um, we talked a little bit as it relates to the state of Indiana, Butler looks like they're going to need to bring a point guard into, into 2022. Um, Indiana already has three offers out. They had a fourth one. Sky Clark has recently committed so he's off the board, but Indiana still has three offers out to uh, point guards in that 2022 class. And Purdue has made uh, two offers to uh, 2022 point guards. And, and, and not that it, it only has to be high majors out of Indiana, uh, but, but those three schools especially are going to be bringing in point guards in 2022. Indiana has offered, Indiana and Purdue have both offered Bruce Thornton. And I know nothing about that guy. I just don't watch anything outside of the state. So 
But anything stand out on those offers? I know you've seen Keon play a decent amount. Yeah, uh, the Keon offers keep rolling in. Uh, we've talked about him, how it's tougher for, for a guy like that who's not playing in Indiana. Bray uh, AU-wise, yeah. Bray AU-wise, right, to get to get looks. Uh, so he's kind of slowed down this summer, offer-wise yep. here towards the end. Uh, but, yeah, CJ we'll get into here soon and get to talk about him. But the IU offer is pretty big. You know, the, the thing with Keon, I mean, there's there's people in his camp that that think he should be getting some high major, major interest. And I, and I think physically he's got the talent to do that. He, he, he's got a little Carson Edwards in him. And I don't know that he shoots it as well as Carson did at that age. Um, but, but the one thing is, is that it's his size. He, and I've I, really, the only chances I've had to see him play were a high school game when he was a sophomore. And then this battle of the borders game, a couple of weeks ago up in up in Hammond he you know and a game like that's hard to judge any sort of chemistry any sort of teamwork he just he really is a shot first shot second guy and you know and for Merrillville they probably need that <laughs> they they you know and then you see him get really hot in the sectional and they surprise everybody and, and win that sectional of, uh, beating Munster in the first round who and I had Munster in the state finals so you know, what the hell the heck do I know? But but Keon's immensely talented offensively and immensely talented scorer. And if he ends up at a mid-major level, he's going to be, you know, have a, have a chance to be an offensive force if he's gonna if he can be efficient. Do you are you on board with that, or do you think he's? Is there a path in your mind for him to be a high major guard? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm totally with you on the body. Body's definitely there right now. He can only get stronger. Uh, shooting wise, I, I agree. Also, he he can get hot. Uh, and right now, we'll see this year. But Maraville is on the past have relied on him quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, but Dorian Harris is there. He can shoot really well. And this, we got other couple pieces coming together this summer too. So we'll see. We'll see how he does his senior year here. Maybe get some more exposure that way too. And there's no question he's a primary ball handler and can handle it against against a lot of pressure. And I just would like to see him in a setting. And, it, and it's not entirely fair because I've only seen him twice um, since his freshman year. But it, it's not – I've just not seen him in a position where he's really looked to find other people. And, you know, and, and if he can start to do that, then – you know, if he could be, if he could play more of a traditional point, or at least be a guy that's that's making those decisions, that making reads as help comes, and, and figuring out where the next play is going to be, and not always just predetermine the fact that he's going to shoot it, um, it, it could have a chance to change his recruiting a little bit. So, I don't, I don't know the complete weaponry at Maryville, um, but you know, and I'm not working with him every day, and you know, Bo Patton does an excellent job especially of developing kids in that area. He's worked with a lot of kids in that area and has done a very good job of that. And, yeah. um, and I think last year they started to figure some things out in the second half of the season. And then that, that's going to happen when you have a coaching change. And, and Bo winning that sectional there his first year at Maryville was, was a nice accomplishment for him and, and, a, and a testament to sort of just sort of trust 
trust the pieces that he's got and having those guys trust each other and, and he you know, then unfortunately, as we've said a hundred times since then, we everything shut down. So he didn't. They didn't get a chance to progress. So, um, moving on, the the big news of the week, actually, besides the gun offered Indiana, was Javon Small from Franklin Central, who I think has been the biggest. He and Gun both have been, probably been the two biggest names, recruiting wise, as far as um, Gun. He's a sophomore, and those guys especially the really good ones start to get a lot of offers and make a lot of headlines and Javon making headlines because he's just sort of come from nowhere and got a chance to talk to him last week and um, or is it two a week and a half ago and you know and he he even he says he feels like he's improved a heck of a lot more since the end of his junior year and, and now here he is transferring to we gotta look it up right compass prep in Arizona yeah do, do you know anything about compass prep in Arizona? Nothing. Nothing about it. Other than uh, he's probably going down there to hope he can play this uh, winter. I, I mean, I'm I, – I think we're going to have to really have a huge decline in how COVID's impacting us for high school basketball not to take place. I, I guess we'll know more this week after the first week of football games. Um how this week went, you know, uh, and I know it can change week to week, but, and I'm a traditional prep school hater. I, I realize it's worked for some and, you know, Mike Saunders runs the AAU program that, that Javon plays for. And I don't, I'm not saying he's involved in this decision at all. I, and I know his son went to prep school in Utah, Wasich, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, and, and did well. And, and Mike was a guy, you know, Lawrence North did really well, you know, in his wake. But LN's got a ton of talent, and they may have had too much talent there. But, you know, Mike was able to go to Wasich and, and, and be successful and, and be in a situation where he could definitely be the guy that runs that team. Um, and so it was a good experience for him. And I, I don't know that Javon is leaving that at Franklin Central, I think. No question, Coach Byers was going to give you know has given him the keys to the offense, and and I will admit, is again that my prejudice is to stay home, and especially if you're at a big school in Indiana. Um, but so I'm sorry to see Javon leave. I was looking forward to seeing him play during the school season and and watch him progress, and, and I'm a big fan of how Coach Byers does things at Franklin Central, and and thought that that would really benefit Javon, and in his and his development and not just a player with the ball but also a player without the ball and i don't know in, in some of these kids that have left for prep school some of these other cases that i'm not going to get too deeply into naming not sure i've seen the improvement in their games from the time that i've seen you know that from the times that i saw them before and and it's, you know if their reasons for leaving are basketball I, i'm not sure that that those are necessarily the greatest decisions in the world but that's just me so you know you may have a different view of prep schools but i don't know i'm i'm a, I'm a definite hater no question about it yeah i mean to me prep schools i'm looking at javon's offers right now akron ball state iepy indiana state kent state miami ohio and ipfw uh, you go to prep schools to improve on those offers obviously 
That's what right. you want to do. You want to improve on the offers. You want to get better at the same time. You want to play that national schedule. You want to play against the big dogs also in the other prep schools. So, I mean, if you're not happy with the offers and the good prep school wants you, I guess that's a reason to go to improve your offers. If you don't think you can do it in your current situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. There's some, there's some logic to that. I, I look at the scheduling aspect of this though, outside of a few showcase games, their schedules aren't that good. You know, they, they, they play other area prep schools, which may or may not be any good. Those tend to be blowouts. Um, you know, those tend to not be any quality games whatsoever. Um, of course, the, the games we all see are the ones that are on ESPN and, you know, usually around, usually around the holidays. And everybody thinks this is just great. You get a showcase. You get to play a couple of your games, you know, on ESPN maybe. Uh, you know, I don't know what they do at the end of the year. I know there's some – there's like a final eight or final 16 that, that, there, that happens that continues to get more – TV exposure, but by then we're in the AAU season and not really paying attention to what goes on at the prep school level. I don't watch any of those. I, I shouldn't say I don't watch any of those games. I do watch some of those games, and I they're hard to watch because it is literally – it's either garbage up and down, uh, much of it, not all of it, um, but it's – or it's walk it up, run one set, get the ball to your – to your guy and, and then let him ISO and they try to run NBA type situations without NBA caliber players. And, and I don't know, I've, I've just not been too enthused with what I've seen. And um, they, they learn how to run set plays. That's it. They don't really learn how to play based on what I've seen, you know, in, in the games on TV. And I don't, you know, I'm not there. You know, I'm not there game to game. Um, but but if you really dig deep on a lot of those schedules, you will see some pretty bad matchups. And I don't know if you're at Franklin Central, if you're playing in Central Indiana, you're playing in like you know, you're playing in the region, you're playing big school basketball. Uh, you're playing some really good players. You're playing some really good teams, and you'd be hard pressed to find a, a better schedule than what takes place in central Indiana. I mean, it's the best basketball in the country as far as I'm concerned. And, and the, the players that have come from the area, you know, kind of prove that at least on a per capita basis, um, almost yearly. So, but I, you know, Javon's a great kid. Wish him, wish him a great deal of success out there. Hope it works out for him. Um, it's going to be a big loss to Franklin central. They've lost now him and Jalen hooks. Um, Hooks, of course, transferred to Christmas Addicts, which we covered last week, uh, talking about transfers. Um, so that's, you know, at the end of the end of March, that's not the team Coach Byers thought he was going to get when basketball was going to start back up, but that's the reality. And and he will definitely make the most of it there, and, and he'll get the rest of his guys uh, up to speed. So um, anything else before we move on to shooting guards? I think we're ready to get into it. All right, man. Class of 2022. General impressions, It's to me, it's been it's kind of top-heavy. It's not necessarily the deepest class um, of the ones that are in school, but it does definitely have some star power, and 
I think the, the strongest position in the class is the shooting guard class. And we can talk about, we will probably discuss Reggie Bass a little bit, even though he's not in an Indiana school. Um, did you did you have notes on him? Did we talk about that? Was he part of your your allotment? Uh, just little I've seen of him. I uh, didn't get to see him live at all this summer. Saw him in Fort Wayne and some tape and some uh, some tape right. from preps from his prep school actually right down in Kentucky or Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. Ham- Ham- Hamilton Heights Prep or Christian Prep or whatever. Yep. What start with him? So talk. A little bit. We've we've got him on a list. We don't have a school by his name because we don't have the Tennessee school in the database. So he's just kind of sitting there. Um, tell us a little bit about your impressions on Reggie. We'll go Reggie, and then we'll bleed right into CJ, and then we'll just kind of move uh, move around with some of your guys. Then I'll I'll uh, flip the guys that I was going to talk about. Go. So talk a little bit about Bass. All right, Reggie. Uh- He's got the the college ready body that we've talked about before with Keon. I feel like uh, I don't know if he, it looks like he handles the the ball primarily a lot for the his school down there. Uh, shooter, he can pull up or he, he, just a set shot. He'll step back a little too from what I've seen this summer and hit a shot on you. Uh, quick hands, good anticipation. Uh, didn't see too much of him drive into the basket until this summer also on what I've watched. So maybe he's adding that. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen any more of that than I have, though, of him trying to get the ball to the basket. I have not, actually. I mean, I've the, the three or four times I've seen him play this year, I've not seen him go to the basket in the half court. I mean, certainly he's, he's able to do some nice things in transition, but he's always hunting that jump shot. Yep. I'm not entirely sure that was the best. That's the best idea. Um, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was about all I had on Reggie from what I've seen so far. The couple games I've seen, pretty good defender when he wants to be. It looks like, but more of a shooter, ball handler. Yeah, and his jump shots. I mean, his outside shots a set shot yeah. at this point. That that aspect's going to have to change, and and I and I think I've he's had opportunities to um, you know get in the paint but nothing and, and those are he's got a good mid-range game he's got a good floater um, but yeah I've not seen him get to the get to the rim and and, and finish with any certainty so um, you know that that aspect of his game is going to have to improve so um, defensively what any impressions on him defensively? I mean, I know he's a capable defender, and with his with his length yeah. and his, and his quickness, he's he's definitely got a good ceiling there. Oh, definitely, yeah. We talked about that size a little bit. He can defend a couple positions. Uh, I think he's got quick hands, yeah. uh, good anticipation, good when, good getting back in transition. Also, I feel like, uh, yeah. What do we have him listed? Six four. So maybe he guard yep. one, two, and three potentially. Yeah, at the high school level, especially. Yeah, definitely. And and as some schools are go small, you know, he could he would have a chance to, you know, he would have a chance to be able to capably guard three positions at the college level too. So, right. Um, 
you know, and, and when you talk about kids that are high majors and he's definitely, I mean, he's a high major kid. There's, I mean, that's not a question. It, it, the perspective, at least when I discuss him sometimes, it can be about the things he needs to work on, you know, and it's because it's guys at that level can do a lot of things. So what's going to differentiate them are sometimes the things they might do better than anybody else or the things that they need to work on if they're going to compete against those guys. And that's kind of where I am with Bass. Um, you know, I think he's he's got skills to play at that level. Obviously, coaches that have offered him see them fitting, see him fitting in, in their offensive systems and, and definitely feel like he can guard the position, which to me, I think, there's no question he can he can guard at that level. Yeah. Um, and I feel the same way about some of these other guys that we're getting ready to talk about too. So um, I'd like to see Bass be way more efficient offensively. Uh, he, you know, his outside shot has gotten more consistent here, recently, you know, as he's gotten older. Uh, and But it is still set shot. Mm-hmm. And you, you never really see him play off the dribble into – a jump shot like he's not going to come off a ball screen and just elevate over somebody um and you know that's a big part of the college game and then if he if he doesn't do that and, he do, and he's not playing without the basketball that much or doesn't do a whole lot of doesn't really move that well yet without the basketball um you know, those are things he's going to have to learn when he gets to college. And and really, those are things that sometimes can be easily learned. So I may overrate it or overvalue it when I see a kid that isn't proficient at it. But it, and it may be at a nitpicky level because it's not like somebody asked me, you know, if somebody were to ask me, do I think Reggie Bass is a high major guard? My answer is without hesitation, yes. So it's. I don't mean to sound negative about him. I'm just looking at things at a finite level, and, and here's the things he can do better. And, and now we're going to talk about C.J. Gunn, and, and I'm going to flip it. I'm going to talk about all the things he's really, really good at. Right, yep. <laughs> but you, but that's your guy. So go ahead. That's not your guy, but that's you know you you sort of taken the stuff that's come out of Fort Wayne and um, as part of the Northern Indiana. So that that's since they both since he plays for Indy Heat, go for it. So C.J., tell us a little bit about your impressions on him. Yeah, super athletic. First time I saw him play this summer. Uh, I was going to run through his list. First quit A&M, Ball State, Miami, Ohio, and then he's got the Kansas State and IU offers. So yeah. offer, offers have improved, obviously, just from this summer. Right. Uh, and I think that's definitely a reflection of his play. I mean, hustles 110% of the time. Uh, great in de- on defense. He's so long. He's got good anticipation also. He's, his shot's developing. He can hit the three, but if, if maybe that'd be the only thing I could think of right now that he needs to even even improve on, for, uh, in my opinion. Uh, loves getting to the basket, can finish, can rebound, uh, can get back on defense quick. I mean, he's just all around all the player. Number, yeah. one, number one probably in the state, obviously, for us. Yeah, I, I would think that even if Bass was here. I, I In my mind, Gunn has surpassed him in terms of just evaluation-wise. Um, and again, this is the deepest, most talented position in this class, so there, there's no shame in that. 
uh, and it doesn't change our view of of what either of them are as far as what level they they can play at. Um, yeah, I, I think Gunn's development. Look, he's you know Lawrence North. He's not especially this past year. He's not going to get a consistent high volume stats. You know, he's not going to get not going to look great in the box score every game. You know, he's going to get eight points, ten points, twelve points, and he's going to have a game where he has twenty. And he, you know, certainly impacted it, you know, certainly impacted the game. And, you know, Tony Perkins graduating and moving on to Iowa is going to leave a huge hole uh, usage-wise. And, you know, I think Gunn needs to fill that void. If I'm Lawrence North, Gunn fills the, that what's left there. I think there might be some things differently you can do with with uh, DJ Hughes. I think uh, Shamar Avance. As his shot improves, I think there's going to be some things that you can do differently or, or additionally with him. But Gunn's the one that's got to fill that void because he's the one that has the most complete skill set and he has the athleticism to go with it. And, you know, when you compare him with Bass, Bass is probably stronger. And that may be the area where Gunn needs to improve. Uh, but that's, you know, every kid that age pretty much needs to improve their strength if you're looking at it from a from a college perspective, but um, I've been thoroughly impressed with, with how Gunn has played this year. He's, he doesn't waste movement in anything he does. Um, you know, there's there's opportunities for him to come off screens and he, he, he gets shots and he elevates into his, you know, into a shot. He's always ready. He's always shot ready when he catches it. Uh, the ball doesn't stick with him. Um, I, and watching him and, and Will Loving's Watts go at it, it was noticeable. Gunn was better and better on both ends of the floor. And and Will will be a guy that we talk that I talk about um, just because he's Southern Indiana and you've not had a chance to see him play. Um, but um, also we played him this weekend. So speaking of which, I got to change his school back to Jeffersonville. He at one point had decided to uh, – we thought everybody. We thought maybe he when he quit Jeffersonville last year. He thought he was going to play at uh, Clarksville, but but uh, one eighty seven is that school code. So, um, but yeah, go on. Any any additional thoughts on Gun? Uh, yeah, I was going to say one more thing. I think uh, the, the thing that sets CJ apart from some other guys that we're going to talk about is probably uh, defense at the next level. Yeah. I think CJ's already there with, with defense at the next level. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he can defend a, a one, two, or a three at the next level. But like I said, some of these other guys we're going to talk about, the offense is there for him, but, but the question's going to be who, who are they going to guard? And, and Gunn is going to be a lot like, again, Will Loving's Watt. Now, the, the matchup Gunn was better, but they both have this issue. Gunn's got to get a little bit more dog in him defensively, and that's – Tony Perkins, they're going to miss him. And Will Avance is a terror on defense, Lawrence North. He is – he's annoying as hell on defense if you're if you're the offensive player, and that's every bit of compliment. Um, Perkins was a was just an absolute dog on defense. And, and you know, D-A-W-G, if I'm going to, you know, you know, steal that euphemism, the euphemistic term there, but – um, the, um, like Perkins would just go out and bully people defensively without fouling. 
and Gunn's not there yet. Gunn is more of that. He can. He's got the length and athleticism to make anything difficult for you if you have the ball. But he's not out there yet. Just absolutely. I'm better than you. I'm taking. You know, I'm taking this away from you. Right. Um, I think he did some of that to Loving's Watts when they played each other. I think there's a little bit of a he had a little bit of a bigger chip on his shoulder that game. I think that Spies team had a better approach offensively than what that Indiana elite team did at that at that age group. And and I think um, it may have made Loving's Watts a little easier to guard, but Gunn took the challenge and and was was better that day. And you know, but it still wasn't that Perkins. Like Tony, you you play Perkins, you're just going to get beat up. There's just no way around it, you know. And that's and that's my appreciation for for Tony. But it's, no question, I agree with you that CJ has high major defensive ability, and I think you know as he, as you look forward to what he's going to do as a junior, uh, with more responsibility, I think you'll see him be a lot more engaged defensively, and he'll have to guard the other team's better player. You know, right. he was probably their fourth best defender last year. Definitely the third best perimeter defender, maybe their fourth best def- perimeter defender if you count Omar Cooper, um, who's terrific on the ball and can make plays off. He's the football. He's the I think he's I think he's I'm not sure what position he plays in Lawrence North, but he's fantastic. So, um, well, I hear he's fantastic, but yeah, no question about Gunn's defensive abilities. It's just there was just another level there with Perkins that I think comes with two extra years of maturity and, and, you know, looking forward to CJ, um, him, develop him, his mentality on that, on that side of the floor. So, uh, move over to Fletcher loyal force. Um, before I get into a couple of guys, go talk a little bit about Fletcher. Yeah. Okay. Fletcher, uh, he's a move in to Homestead up here in Fort Wayne from Clarkston. Uh, he's six, four offers currently are from, Denver, Detroit, uh, Toledo, and then he's got some big boys on here. He's got Michigan, Missouri, Nebraska, Purdue, Utah, and Notre Dame, the latest. Uh, some background on Fletcher. His team was 22-1 and one last year before the season was cut short. They're in Division One, also, which is the, the bigger schools in Michigan, right. kind of back, backwards from, from Indiana on uh, level-wise and association. Uh, average 22 a game, uh, three assists, three rebounds, shot 50% from the floor, 48% from three-point range, 84% free throw-wise, made 63s last year in 23 games. Uh, family background on why he moved back to Indiana, or not back, but moved to Indiana. Mom's actually a native of Indiana. She's from Fort Wayne. There's some family down here. Uh Brother Foster is currently at Michigan State. He was the Mr. Basketball in Michigan in 2018, so just a couple of years ago. And then Dad is a scout for the Clippers. I know you have a little uh, background on on being a scout. Yeah, but not like that. Oh, okay. I'm more of a. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I'm more of a. Uh, you know, more of a uh, phone call. Hey, we're pinched for time. Can you go check out this guy? <laughs> uh, what you know? What do you think of this dude? Right, kind of guy. I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm not. 
not on anybody's payroll. But yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate that thought though. So that, that's a little on Fletcher's background. Uh, just from seeing him play a couple times now, uh, he's long. He's like I said, six four. He's got he's listed different heights and different sights too, six three, six five sometimes. But he's definitely long, can shoot, shoots it over guys, can stop and pop. Uh, he'll take it to the basket also. The one thing that, that I kind of noticed about him is uh, uh, needing to get stronger, like we've talked about. Uh, a little tougher for him to finish in traffic right now, but he, he can still. Quick release. The, the shot's there, obviously. That's what, that's what everybody wants him for is that shot, that, the, side, the height, his height and shot. Uh, because you can't back off of him when he's on the perimeter and has the ball because he's going to shoot it. And right. When his, feet, when his feet are set, he's going to hit the shot. I mean, he also passes well. Really good court vision, I feel like, from what I've seen. Uh, he'll drive in and dish off. Uh, he can run the one, take the ball in transition, but he's definitely not a, a one. He's a, he's a two for sure, especially at the next level. No question he's a two at the next level. Um, I. I wonder about first of all Clarkson High School, home of Dane Fife. So if you're you know you're a Big Ten guy, especially an IU fan or a Purdue fan, you hate him. Um, that's where that's where Dane went, and it is. I mean, it's one of the best basketball programs in the state of Michigan, and geographically speaking, it's sort of an extended suburb of Detroit. It's about halfway between the northern suburbs of Detroit and and Flint. So there's a lot of good basketball in that area. It would probably be – I don't know how they handle their conferences up there or how they handle their scheduling, but it would probably be the equivalent of maybe if you were like a North Central Conference school uh, where you're, you're not – you're still sort of in central Indiana, but you're not in the Indianapolis metropolitan area. That's kind of what Clarkston is, geographically speaking. Um, so it would be like an outer rung – area regional school but um no i i know it's one of the you know it's the biggest school division they've got but um don't know really without quickly looking what size of school it is but but you know to talk about michigan basketball at least in the last 25 years is is clarkston has been very successful and and maybe even longer than that so he comes from a great basketball situation and he's moving into homestead with, and playing with luke goody and and, and andrew leeper so he's going to have other talent around him. I, I do worry about him physically at the high major level. I worry about him defensively. Um, you know, it's it's not unlike, you know, he's kind of a six-foot-two-inch version of Ryan Klein and maybe a little bit of a better ball handler. Maybe maybe not a better ball handler, but maybe, maybe a little quicker, a little bit more, can do more off the dribble at the high school level. Um, Klein, as he developed into a guy who could do things off the dribble, was still more of a straight line drive guy. Would try to dr get contact and get fouled. Um, Boyer is more of a try to get by his guy, and he'll find people. I mean, he is, you know, he is a he is more of a point guard at the high school level than what Klein was. And I only compare him to Klein just because. Klein was pretty much a niche shooter until his senior year where at that point, good game or bad, you always had to guard Klein. You know, you always had to know where he was. Carmel bias aside, 
when he was on the court as a junior and senior at Purdue, you always had to account for him. So he did have his own gravity offensively. And I think Lawyer can be that way offensively. Uh, the, the question for him is going to be, how, can he put weight on? He's, he's thin. He's, he's got a small frame. Yeah. So, so that'll, that'll be a challenge for him. Um, but there's, you know, there's examples, um, you know, the Bohannons, uh, the, those, the, that's the best example, the three Bohannon brothers that have been successful in the, in the big 10, um, none of whom were very big, none of whom were guys that you could just pack a bunch of weight on all of whom seemingly torch Indiana. <laughs> so, um, so I've seen them play very well. So it's a lot of it is system related. You know, I think you look at Utah, you look at Notre Dame, how they do things offensively Purdue's no different. They want to get guys that are offensively skilled and defensively, as long as they've got four other guys on the floor who can really, really defend they, and you've got a kid who's a willing defender, which Fletcher is, you can handle that. You know, it's, it's very much the Dick Bennett, I'm a big Dick Bennett proponent of, of, uh, defensive defensive uh, assessment is he a willing defender and, and Fletcher is a willing defender so uh, you know he's going to be a kid that I think colleges are going to take a chance on because he, he is such a gifted shooter it is a, it's a quick release but it's a release that's not kind of in front of his body and it's a low release um, so that that could have some impact but uh, when, it, when it right comes right down to it but but you know He's going to, you know, play and playing in Fort Wayne's no joke. So he's going to have guys that are going to try and muscle him and try and get physical with him. And, and he's going to have some challenges with athletic kids up there. And, uh, you know, he's going to get tested. And I, I, you know, I know Clarkston is very good. So it's at least good in that way that he's, he's coming from that environment because it's pretty much the environment he's stepping into. So, um, they will be very formidable with Luke Goody and him and um, and then the rest of that cast uh, and Leaper as well. So anything else on Fletcher? No, I, I, I agree. I mean, he's it's not that he can't defend. It's just that or I mean that he he won't defend. He, he definitely will. And that that'll be the, the biggest thing is like we talked about with CJ and Reggie a little bit at the next level is who's he going to defend and uh he he'll he'll give it a shot obviously so we'll see how he go how it goes and what, and what a lot of people don't always understand is at that level that stuff gets scouted out you know at the high school level it doesn't get scouted out as much i mean you you might be able to play your way into some favorable matchups and you and you might of course you might also have some guys who are just better than anybody else the other team's going to put out there but there's very much a defensive scouting report at the college level, and that's going to be something he's going to have to work his way through. So, yeah, um, Gunn's not going to have that problem. Um, Bass probably won't have that problem. The t- just talking defensively, um, you know, you look at the next two guys we're going to talk about are going to be two guys that I'm touching on. Um, Will Loving's Watts probably has some off-ball issues where he's just got to stay locked in, but man, he is physically gifted. And then JJ Loudon from Pike, who I think is the best defender in the class. is definitely not going to have that problem. Um, he is a high major defender and he is, um, a proficient defender at that level. I think he's a lockdown defender. 
at the mid-major or lower level. And, and, you know, we'll talk, I mean, I'll get on that a little bit more as we, as we move into them, but um, anything else on lawyer before we move on? I don't think so. The, the last two guys that I'm, the next two guys we'll get into into more depth on. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we've got a couple more after that, but then um, Will Loving's Watts, we've already talked about him a little bit with gun in, in relationship to CJ gun, their matchup. The first thing you notice about Loving's Watts is just how freakishly long he is. <laughs> you know, we, we played him this weekend. He's a kid that I've seen a decent amount, but we played him Saturday night. We, we played up. And he was playing with a group out of Louisville and uh, the Indiana Elite. I know they had the weekend off, so at least the team in his age group did. So um, he was playing with this group. And and I, I told the kid guarding Preston Roberts, who's from Noblesville, to close out short on him. And and he looked at me kind of funny, like, what the hell, man? And that Will did, not Preston. But so I, I looked at Preston like he can't shoot. I'm like, no, he can shoot. I just he's just that much better off the dribble, you know. And and Will is a kid that I think as he was younger was more of a post player or more of a you know guy that could score around the paint a little bit more. Uh, he is when he can get a guy on his hip, he is fantastic getting downhill at, at and at the basket. And he is—he's springy. He's got, like I said, he's got incredible length, so he's able to—he's able to finish above traffic, and you know. And we cut that off. We—we we actually did a pretty good job on him. Now he had some mid-range jump shots that very much impressed me, and my guy looked over at me like, "What can I do differently?" And I'm like, "No, nah, dude, we just—you know—we just need to take it. <laughs> we need to not—not uh, not hope he misses, but—but." But, Definitely wanted to push him into some tougher shots and um, and play the shot. You know, I think he's a kid that sometimes the ball does stick with him. And it did this weekend, and it, and it did when they played Indy Heat. Um, but when he can get open, when he can get even a, a hint of being clean, he's going he's gonna to score or be pretty damn close to scoring. He did hit a couple of – he had a couple threes, hit one in the first half, one in the second half. I do like his shot. Uh, his his mechanics have improved. They've gotten quicker. I watched him play during the school season. He hit some corner threes um, against Southwestern of Hanover. I know they're a smaller school, but they've been very they've been very talented the last three years. Um, and he is, you know, I think he's got some thing. The ball needs to move a little freer through him. Offensively, he's got to be a little bit better off the ball, but a lot of that is system, and it's not a knock on. It's not a knock on Joe. Um, they very much ran or Coach Loose, uh, Jeff. A lot of their stuff was one with Jacob Jones being the primary ball handler, and Trey Coleman, who's at Nevada. Jacob Jones is at Green Bay. Trey Coleman's at Nevada. Um, you know, Will Loving's Watts was was definitely a second option for them. But the balls, you know, the ball always sort of started with Jake, with Jacob. And and so, you know, a lot of it was to create space for Jacob and Trey to get their to get, you know, their stuff. And and Will was was part of that equation. And there just wasn't a ton of it was pretty much a couple of screens. Somebody's gonna get open. 
and we're going to run stuff for these dudes. And, and Will was the second option there behind Trey, and, and Jake did all the ball handling. So um, Will is, is returning to Jeffersonville, which we touched on, which I touched on last week during as we talked about transfers. Um, he did not finish the year last year with Jeffersonville. There were some rumors as to where he went, uh, and there were some rumors as to where he might go. There was an Instagram post by uh, Anthony Leal saying, oh, welcome to the South Side, Will Lovings Watson. Everybody thought he was transferring to Bloomington South and, and blaming blaming the AAU team, blaming J.R. Holmes, and it was all sort of a joke. Um, but uh, Watts uh, is back at Jeffersonville, and uh, they, they uh, we touched on the, uh, the the transfers too. They got a transfer from Jefferson Town, Kentucky, kind of better known down there as J Town, with Brandon Razor Moore, um, who falls in this position as well in, the, in this class. He's a shooting guard, and will be a nice compliment with Will, and um, and Will is a very able defender. And he has the chance to be a lockdown defender, especially a lockdown. You know, he can lock the ball down for sure. You know, his issues are off the ball. He's just got to be a little bit more focused, um, you know, a little bit more of, of, the, of where the ball moves and, and how he can help and how he can rotate. And, um, and, that, and that's a pretty correctable, pretty correctable thing. Um, but have you you've not had a chance to see him play other than maybe just the video of that game against Indy Heat, correct? Right. Yeah, I haven't got to, gotten to see him. You need to get you down to Southern Indiana, right? Yeah. Geez, it's a long haul for you, though. In fairness, very long haul. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other guy, JJ Loudon from Pike, it's the exact opposite. He is to me, he's the best defender in the class. He is also a guy that can be a primary ball handler. And he looks to set people up. I don't know that he'll be a point guard at the college level. He and Ryan Conwell sort of split duties for Pike. Even as a sophomore, they did. Um, even with some of the smaller guards they brought off the bench, those two guys did most of the ball handling. And, and Loudon's a kid that I think looks needs to look to score more. And I'm a little undetermined on what his jump shot is right now. And it, that is not to say that it's – it's just he's not a high-volume shooter. He's a guy that works his way into the paint. He gets fouled. He looks good coming off his hands when he's shooting free throws. But, my God, is he a good defender. And I, I love his vision. Um, it's simple. It's not like he's out there. He's not Magic Johnson by any stretch of imagination. Um, but he always makes the right play offensively. Doesn't force things. There's probably times where he could shoot more. I mean, I definitely think there's times he could shoot more. There's probably times he could force more. Is where I was going with that, but defensively he is—he's impressive, and um, it's a lot easier to expand on those positives, especially if his shot mechanics are good, which I think they are. Again, watching him shoot free throws, um, I think that translates well. He's just got to be more assertive offensively, um, you know. But 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 love his disposition on the court as far as finding others. And just absolutely love him defensively. He's got that Tony Perkins dog in him defensively. Like he will take a challenge and go out and just defeat somebody on that end of the floor. And uh, it was it was fun watching the Carmel Pike game. It was an ugly, ugly game. <laughs> so was the Carmel Lawrence North game. 
but it was fun watching those guys go against each other. Uh, just Carmel with a you know with the consistent pack line. We're going to still pressure the ball, but somehow you're still not going to get in the paint defense with just the individual ability of guys like Loudon and and, and Conwell, but Loudon especially, where that they can just guard pretty much anybody. And and just really loved watching watching him play and loved watching that game. So, um, did you was okay? So Loudon's with EG Ten now, but he was with Indy Heat at the beginning of the year, and he was with Indy Heat when they played Team T. Did you watch that game? Did you get much of an impression from him? No, I didn't really get get to see him in that game. Unfortunately, I just see, saw him on the roster and then Which, noticed that when I saw him when I was there the next weekend that he was not with Indy Heat that weekend. And that may, and that may be why. You know, I don't know. I, I don't want to cast any aspersions on what happened. But, yeah, all of a sudden he showed up at EG10, their 16-year-old team, and there wasn't much much noise about it. Um, you know, and that, and that may be why. Um, you know, it was a pretty crowded backcourt for uh, that Indy Heat group. You know, with Lawyer and, and Gunn, and you know, and that doesn't include Tayshawn Comer, who was their point guard. Um, so it's, it's probably a better situation. Sometimes you can be on a, you can, you know, those top level teams. Uh, you know, sometimes you can be in a position where, uh, depending on your needs and wants, from the summer, it's it's not always a good fit. And I get that. And sometimes we get kids that, you know, as 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 good as they are, they struggle if they're not. Well, they just they just struggle if they can't find their way, you know. And and he's been really good with with EG10 and and um, I don't know. It's just easy to like a kid that really just takes pride in his defense and who is who also has some offensive skill. So it's really fun to watch him. You just always know what you're going to get from him, and there's a steadiness to it, and that and that's such a high bar on the defensive end. Um, that it's just hard not to like him. So, um, hop down to Connor Sejan from Central yeah. Noble. You you've seen him a few times, and you um, you know with most of his recruiting at that low D one, D two NAI level, that's kind of your wheelhouse because so many of those schools are up in your area. You know a lot of those coaching staffs, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, looking at the list, I've got Grace, Indiana Wesleyan. We talked about is the NAIA along with Indiana Tech, uh, then the couple of the D2s, Northwood, Southern Indiana, uh, along with the, the D1s of Lipscomb and uh, Purdue Fort Wayne right now. Uh, don't, mean cross the, world, don't want to interrupt. I mean, I don't mean no, to interrupt. I, of course, I always mean to interrupt, but <laughs> we all do when we interrupt each other, right? But yeah, I mean, Crossroads League schools have been more aggressive of late, right? I mean, all the Indiana NAI schools have been more aggressive in their recruiting. It's, I try to tell parents constantly that a vast majority of colleges recruit one class at a time, but now here we've got, we've got a handful of sophomores with multiple NAI level offers. And, um, you know, most of them are for crossroads schools, but then you've also got Indiana tech and, and IU East and, and Holy cross and those guys and just hopping on board. Right. Um, so, but yeah, go on with Connor. I'm I'm sorry because it's it just surprises me that there's that many NAIA schools that are that deeply involved with with 
outgoing sophomores. Yeah, and I, I mean, I agree with that too. I mean, we, we've talked about the NI, uh, combining levels now also, so there's maybe yep. a little more sense of urgency to get better players. That's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. So, I, I mean, it's, it's good to see those kind of guys on them. Uh, Indiana Wesleyan especially, I like – I could see Connor fitting in there kind of like a Mangus situation, I yep. feel like. Uh, maybe not as big as Mangus, obviously, but but uh, offensively gifted like uh, Kyle is. Uh, but, but, yeah, Connor, he, he's a kid you see getting tweeted about every weekend, no matter what tournament he's playing in, just how good of a shooter he is, how, how solid he is on offense. Uh, he, I just feel like he does everything so well on offense. He can yeah. – he can drive to the basket. Like I said, tremendous range. Uh, he, he's a, a little stronger, I think, than than maybe uh, Fletcher is. But all, Fletcher's probably also a little taller than than uh, Connor. So think so? Maybe. Yeah, I guess we do. We've. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll go on. That'll be interesting. I may have to figure that one out. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely need to Let's see if we can get a side by side there or something. Huh? I've got we've got Fletcher taller than him, but for some <laughs> reason I thought in my mind Fletcher was six two, and not six four. But go on, finish. I'll shut up. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Connor's just a great kid, and like I said, you read about him every weekend. Can score anywhere on the floor, makes his teammates better, hustles really well defends at a good level but but he would be one that we've talked about also that that uh who who would he guard at the at the low major level maybe or the mid-major level if he if he were able to get that that high and take that kind of offer right is he would he be better suited at a three or is he at six three probably not going to be big enough to guard like i'm talking about a like maximizing his recruiting, like right, right. No, I think I mean, two's if, a good spot for him. Okay, he's got the quickness to do that. Yeah. Okay. I and, and I shot, don't shots really quick, but I uh, and I don't know that he can. He's going to drive by many people right now, although at the next level. No, he's definitely going to have to be a guy that gets screens, and there's yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's no. um. You know, there, he's he's got diminished. He's got a there's a ceiling on his ability to get his own shot, um, but he's, I mean, he's a shot maker. I think he's got a chance to. He's going to have more success on what I've seen, coming off a screen and and making the proper read, and then keeping his defender at a disadvantage, and then he's just going to make that shot, and that and that shot could very well be getting to the paint, uh, but he's not going to be the kind of guy I don't think. It, at least at a you know division one or division two level where he's just going to start breaking people down and and he's not a, like an iso scorer guy he could be i don't you know i i need to see him more i i know i'm going to make an effort this year to get up there to watch the school game um i as much as i i love casey adams and stuff that he does connor is perfect for hit for that system that motion offense which i'm a big fan of and and defensively he's very good and, and you know they just sort of pack it in and there's you know, he's Connor's great in that environment. And there's a lot of kids that, um, you know, they can, they can be very good defenders in that environment. And, but um, yeah, I just, I'm just curious about his, his feet and his quickness. 
and how that how that translates as he gets older. But again, these guys are just going to be juniors, so right. he's got two more years to develop before he even thinks about playing college basketball. So, um, any mid-major sniffing around that we've heard of, or is it just pretty much? Yeah, not that I've heard of. Not that you've heard of. I mean, it's yeah. it's basically um, so. Purdue Fort Wayne's is only Division One offer. Yep. Okay. Lipscomb also. Oh yeah, Lipscomb. Yeah, no doubt. And I thought IUPUI was on board there, but I, but we don't have that. So, um, any um, have you seen them play? You you've seen them play, the the team focus. You've seen them play this this. How did he do in Milwaukee? Uh, I didn't see them in Milwaukee. Be, I'm sorry, Waukegan. Waukegan. My fault. Well, I didn't see him in Waukegan either. Oh, I thought they had. I thought he, you were in, in between courts. They were up there, but I I saw the 2021 team up there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because you were it was between them and Mantis and Ross and, and the yeah. fundamental U group. Okay, yeah. all right. That's my bad. Yeah, I saw I, Connor early this this uh, summer down at Lafayette when you were there. That's right. Okay, and they were playing the exact same time we were. So right. I didn't get to see him play. And and their coach Casey Adams is a really good friend of mine. So. We talked, and I'd like to see Connor play more. I just haven't had a chance to do that. So, um, Ahmad Gerard from um, from Mount Vernon is a kid that I'm sure most people have not heard of. He is a six foot four inch, good athlete, strong. Big time chip on his shoulder, just like his father, who played for me back in class of '99. His father uh, Antoine played at uh, Warren Central. Uh, Ahmad's got a, a brother Armand who also plays at Mount Vernon. They are twins, but they are not identical. Ahmad is is six three, six four. Armand's about six feet, six one. Uh, Armand, this the the smaller one, is actually probably a little tougher, a little meaner. Um, but Ahmad very much plays with a chip on his shoulder and is a kid that aggressive on both ends and will never not go all out. Never. And at least the, the, the handful of times I've seen him play and I need to see him play a school game, but have not seen him play there at Mount Vernon yet, but I have seen him play quite a bit in the summer and a couple of camp situations. And he is a um, good, good shooter, not consistent yet, but a good shooter. Uh, he is a kid that's, you know, as you look at the small, as you look at the shooting guard class, is um, could be a guy that as his offensive skills get a little bit more refined, he starts to realize his ceiling a little bit more. He's a, he is relentless trying to get downhill. Uh, he will he will play into some mistakes, uh, but defensively, he's probably a little bit like Loudon in his ability to defend. He will gamble some. He will get a little bit out of position, just some little things that kind of nag at you. Um, but again, a lot of that refinement, a lot of that is just issues of refinement. And as he can sort of hone in on that, I, I like his ceiling. Uh, He's along this top group of kids that we're going that we've been discussing, um, and 
you know, looking forward to seeing if he can just take that next step of just being that guy who's a consistent shooter because he scores, he could score off the dribble. I think as a, I think as a sophomore, he was right around 12 points a game this year. Um, and Mount Vernon, you know, as they grow, as they've grown as a school, they play a tougher schedule. They've, they're in a good conference with, with guys like Pendleton Heights and Newcastle and Connersville and Yorktown, all those schools. Yorktown's not been great, but, but schools that produce pretty decent athletes and, and, um, you know, he's a kid that um, he's got a chance to, you know, he's part of this group of the top shooting guards, and he's got a chance to be um, kind of a low-key all-around player, you know, a, a player who can do things on both ends and I look forward to his development as a shooter too or as a, as a shot maker. So, um, and the last one, at least from my perspective, if there's somebody else you want to add in after this, we definitely can. Uh, Julian Norris had a bossy. You know, there's a lot of talk about him being kind of the next big thing at Evansville, and and I I, I think that's probably a little high. Um, he is he definitely has some athletic ability. Definitely has a good body. He's got to work on his shot a little bit. Um, he definitely has to be. He he needs a more consistent motor. Um, his offers. Not that that's the end-all, be-all, and now all of a sudden my page doesn't work. Um, Middle Tennessee State and Murray State. There you go. So, I mean, he's squarely – yeah, there we go. Middle Tennessee State and Murray State. Yeah, for some reason that wasn't popping up for me. Um, you know, I, I think he's – I think that's a that's his floor because I think athletically he's, he's definitely a mid-major plus athletically. He's got good size, good length. So he's got a lot of physical attributes. Uh, I went down and watched him play at the Pocket City uh, Summer League that they had down there. And he played against Isaiah Swope. And Isaiah just beat him at everything. Scoring, defense, ball handling, decision-making, uh, motor. And I, I think really a lot of it is Norris needs a better motor. Now that's a bad, you know, that's not, not, not the greatest of settings. Um those types of leagues and and my the league that I run in the summer down here the Metro Indy Fall League shameless plug uh, registration is open sign up <laughs> October 11th uh, is the starting date but but those leagues sometimes you get hit and miss on the defensive end you get hit and miss on you know any offensive nuance so it's not always the best place to judge a kid to judge a talent. But when you see a kid like Swope go out and do it, when a kid like Norris didn't, you know, then you you start to see you start to see a depreciate an appreciation for one kid, and you just kind of want to see it from the other, um, because he was definitely beaten and outclassed that day, and and a lot of it is things that he can control: effort, motor, uh, competitiveness, uh, the Indy Heat. Indiana elite game he struggled um, you know but you put him in a situation especially in a transition situation a full court situation where it's a little bit more of an open space he's really good he can finish um, he's a streak shooter so if he can get a clean look he's going to hit that shot I think if he's contested he's probably more apt to try to drive um, and then from there, you want to see him maybe make the next play. That if it's not a shot, you know, to, to make that play as effectively as he would try to score. 
but so it's it's not again some of this is nitpicky and it's only because you know he did have some high major schools looking at him during the year and i'm just not sure he's that yet or i'm just not sure he's going to be that and there's no shame in it because you you're a division 1 player you're still really really damn good at basketball so you're really damn good at any sport if you're a division 1 player so um had you seen that indiana elite second group yet the team indiana no i hadn't Okay, so you've not seen Ahmad play Gerard from Mount from Mount Vernon. Did you see? I mean, Norris didn't do much against Indy Heat. So if you didn't know who he was, as you were watching that game, he probably didn't stand out. Yeah. So, anybody else you want to go in the depth about before we throw just a few more names? Just like literally, just throw a list of names out. Anybody else you want to talk up a little bit? I didn't have anybody else really to talk up a little. No. Not okay. Play. I'm looking down. Maybe I'd want to see see more of this school year. Is about all I had left. Yeah. There's nobody up north. Um. Well, I I definitely think some other names that people need to keep an eye on, and keep in mind, a Christian Nunn is one of them. Is a guy that at some point we're gonna do. We might do a podcast, or at least part of the podcast, where we just sort of list literally list names of guys we did not see this summer. I'm not seeing Christian Nunn play yet. I've not even seen his name on a roster. Um, so that's that's one thing. Um, Ryan Conwell is in this ballpark discussion-wise. He's a pike. Uh, he plays with uh, J.J. Loudon on EG10. Brandon Razor Moore, as we touched on earlier with Will, talking about Will Loving's Watt, is a transfer from Jefferson Town, Kentucky, to Jeffersonville, Indiana. He is, um, what I've seen of him video-wise, is an excellent shooter, can do a little bit off the bounce. No clue why he moved across the border, but um, definitely somebody to keep an eye on, especially if you're in southern Indiana. Uh, Cam Hafner out of Westfield. The guy that can get his own shot um, plays extremely well with with Braden Smith. They they are pretty much in sync on the court. Omar Cooper from Lawrence North is a fantastic athlete who has gotten all kind of high major guys looking at him for football. Uh, Johnny Summers from Evansville Harrison. Going back to the Julian Norris thing, when I was down at Pocket City, the Pocket City deal, Johnny was a little bit more impressive that day. And then I watched him play in, at, at an event down here with his Gym Rats team, uh, and he was good in that game as well. And kind of had a stretch there where he scored about eight points of their next ten and really made an impression, stood out. And Kyle Thomas from Cloverdale uh, has had a pretty good spring, summer. And then I, I think a guy kind of needs to see more is, is Tucker Biven. And um, and that's kind of our list there as far as um, shooting guard-wise. But any other names just list-wise that, that you've seen that have left? Their, oh, well, Colin Comer we played today. We played the last two days. And I'm pretty impressed with his ability off the dribble. Um, he's a little bit more aggressive than his older brother was. 
not as not as big, not as long. Um, but you know, definitely a kid that's coming into his own. And as as Greensburg graduates, kids <laughs> uh, first his brother, then Andrew Wellings. Now it's just kind of him and Lane Sparks. Uh, you know, look for Colin Comer's production to jump up a little bit there for Greensburg this year. But um, anybody else that you just want to that Northwise that you just want to that you left an impression or any just sort of a short name, you know, just to like just give their name out. Yeah, uh, I saw Lincoln Tomei earlier this year from Alpines yeah. of the Victory Christian School. Uh, yep. Saw him at Lafayette. Yep, Look, he's a kid I'd like to check out again during the school year. Yep. Uh, Bobby Wynell, I know we talked a little bit about off air some some and yeah. Uh, he can shoot the ball really well. Um, and he'll be Kokomo's leading scorer this year. So, you know, sure. look for him to see, a, you know, a little bit increased production. I want to see Hunter Johnson. I want to see South Decatur play a school game. Um, they played Greensburg during the week last year. I think it was their first loss of the year, and Greensburg kind of 20-balled them. And it was sort of a wake-up call for South Decatur. But Hunter Johnson was one of three guys that averaged over 20 points a game for South Decatur. And unless I've missed my mark, they're all coming back. <laughs> you know, their top two players are incoming juniors. And then they've got the one kid that's an incoming senior. Um, so that, that, that'll be a good group. I mean, Greensburg will – or South Decatur will be one of the better 2A teams in the state this year. Any anything else? I don't think so. Any other business to take care of before we close this bad boy out? Uh, I got a plug for us tonight. Go for it. Yeah. All right. We use this, or I use it a little bit this year. Boxoutsports.com. Nice. Yep. Uh, sports graphics tool that's used to highlight student athletes and teams in just seconds. Rather than hiring a designer or spending hours in Photoshop, you can give your athletic programs a professional look in just moments. Uh, it's a great tool for Twitter. Uh, you can check them out, like I said, at boxoutsports.com. Uh, they have their own Twitter page also, uh, Instagram as well. Go there, check them out. So many, so many schools are already using them, colleges. I think all of them. All, <laughs> all the high schools. All, yeah, I mean – they just got to deal with uh, uh, who they got to deal with to do the high school stuff. I can't remember now. Well, yeah. so, so the high schools, credit to Box Out, their high school affiliation with um, whatever the, the site is that has all the high school websites. Yeah, and that's why I couldn't think of all, right now also. Also has – the agreement with box out. So if, if those schools are using that service, then they have tiered access to box out. Yes. And I know you started using it mid season for our stuff or for your stuff, especially. Uh -huh. uh, and yeah, it looks, it's for fine. It's professional and it, you know, it's going to be great for athletics directors. Great, great for athletics directors. It'll be also, um, I think they've got some options there too. If you're a youth program um, and you're looking to do more things for your program, um, 
you know, I think that's that's an extended market for them. Uh, but yeah, colleges use it. It's mul- it's multi sport, and yeah, all the high schools use it. So yeah, VNN is that who you, who it is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I forget what the V stands for though, but yeah, I don't know. But the VNN yeah. is is what that is, because most of the high schools, whether that's their primary website or not, most of the high schools have a site set up on the VNN thing, and and Box Out Sports is part of the offering. So I know Chris Hawkins at Christmas Addicts uses the heck out of it. He's a boys basketball coach there and, and their athletics director. So he's constantly churning out stuff on box out. So, um, and I, and then I follow the addicts basketball, Twitter account and Chris's personal Twitter account. I see, I see all kind of box out stuff pop up, whether it's a direct tweet or a retweet. So yeah. I'm pretty familiar with, with, uh, their work through him. So, well, good. Yeah, definitely uh, check out box out sports. And if you're part of a, um, if you're part of a booster club or you're part of a uh, youth sports organization and you're looking to expand your graphics, uh, your graphics packages, uh, go through them. And I, I think it'll be great at the youth sports level, uh, especially with score updates and, you know, things like that, just to do some neat little things for kids that yeah, um, can make it a, a nice addition to any youth league. So, um, well, good. Yeah, it's a good read. Um, Metro Indy Basketball Fall League. Again, disclosure, that's my league. The 14th Annual MIB Fall League runs on Sundays, October 11th through November 1st. Right now, we are on track to keep it going. And um, we're, you know, we're going to be back at Fishers High School. And, and as long as Fishers High School, I know right now they're in virtual learning, but as long as they have uh, students in the school for, for in-person classes, uh, we will be able to use the gyms. We are making plans accordingly, just in case. Uh, but right now, we're sticking with Fishers. For more information and to register, visit uh, MetroIndieBasketball.com. Right now, we've got about 73 kids. Let me check that number. We've got 73 registered right now. So we are pretty much staying on pace. We do have a limitation of teams this year. We will We will pretty much have to keep it to uh to 32 teams this year which is would, would be sort of a downgrade from i think we had 36 last year just because we because the capacity restrictions that we might still have to be adhering to in october uh we probably will be smart to get half the teams their games and get them out and then get the next half of teams their games so that way we don't have to worry about um bumping up on that two on that 250 limit so we also have a little bit of leeway because we're using multiple gyms and that will help our case a little bit but um but we're still kind of trying to stick to that 32 team limit so uh anything else before we close it out i think i'm good cool all right zach appreciate your time and as always and uh, next week we'll we'll do, we'll probably stay in the class of 2022 we've already discussed what point guards and shooting guards we'll probably move on to small forwards unless there's some other pressing uh, issue that pops up between now and then hopefully high school football and fall sports uh, have a good week of this is what it looks like after competition and we can continue to be hopeful for winter sports to be regular which would mean basketball um, but, uh, 
Courtside Indiana podcast is now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. You could subscribe to the podcast via each of those services uh, online or through the apps on your on your telephone, on your mobile phone, and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. So, Zach, again, appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. And for those listening, uh, we appreciate it, and we look forward to to uh, you guys checking in with us next week. Bye.